Hallelujah. Today's message is it's supernatural because he's God. He's not man. And the title for today's message is String of Obedience. String of Obedience. We sang a hymn this morning. It says that all his works will praise his name because he's holy. Whether they be things on earth, things in the air, or things in the waters. Everything will praise his name. And you also will praise his name. Your life will praise his name. Your testimony will praise his name. Whatever it is that may be the situation here this morning, there will be a turnaround that will bring praise to the name of the Almighty God. The psalmist said in Psalm 61 verse 2, in Psalm 61 verse 2, he said, From the ends of the earth I call to you. When my heart is overwhelmed and weak, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When you are helpless, when you are hopeless, when you are hapless, when you say to yourself, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. When there's no way forward for you, when you are frustrated, when you are, when you are, when you, when you are giving up, when you are at your wit's end, when you say, I'm done, God is saying, hey, here I am. When you are at this point in your life, I want to say congratulations to you because it's now God's time. God delights in, in doing that which has no human solution. And I want to challenge us in this new season we are in to ask God for things that need God. Ask God for God things. Amen? Ask God for what kind of things? God things. The bigger, the better. When you, something that has no human solution. Because if, if man can do it, then you don't need God. If man can do it, you do not need God. But for us to get to that place where God will be able to do what he wants to do with our lives... We need, to, we, we need to be in a place of obedience and humility. I told us that last week. If you paid attention when the Bible passage was being read this morning from Genesis chapter 25, I believe you started from verse 12. But I want to go back a little earlier. Uh, Genesis 24, I beg your pardon. Genesis 24. I want to go back a little earlier. In Genesis 21, if you look, starting from verse 1, the Bible tells us that Abraham was now old. He was now stricken in years. The Bible gave a testimony. It said Abraham was blessed. Abraham was blessed in how many things? In all things. In all things. What a life. To be blessed in all things. The Bible says Abraham was blessed in all things. And then he called his servant. If you know your Bible a little, you will remember that that servant, Eliezer, was the same servant that Abraham had complained to God about and said, is it, Abraham, is it Eliezer who is now going to be the heir in my house? 
when he had been waiting for God, on God for a child, and the child did not come. So he said, Lord, so Eliezer, my servant, is now going to be my heir. And the Lord said, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't deal like that. I gave you a promise. What I said to you, it will definitely come to pass. You just hang in there and see what I will do. And at age 100, with Sarah at age 90, a child came. Now, so here we are down the line. Isaac, the child that came when Abraham was, um, was, um, was uh, 100, uh, is now 40. And Abraham is getting old. And Abraham says, I need a wife for my son. And he calls that son Eliezer and said, come, Eliezer, go and get a wife for Isaac. Now, Abraham gave specific instructions. I've told us that if we are going to enter this season of blessing, we must be obedient. And obedience is not a single act of obedience. Obedience are various acts of obedience put together that bring you to your, the place of your miracle or the place of your blessing. He said to his servant, go and get a wife for my son. Don't get a wife for him out of the daughters of the Canaanites. But go to my country, go to my kindred. Take a wife for my son. He said, don't go and get an unbeliever for my son. You know, the Bible tells us we must not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. He said, go to my people. The servant said, maybe the woman will not follow me. I know this sounds strange to many of us. Because these days, we don't, uh, our parents don't go and get wives or husbands for us, right? We, we find ourselves because he who finds a wife does what he finds. He finds a good thing. So you your eyes have to be open, your ears have to be open, you have to be attentive, you have to be vigilant, you have to be on point, like one of my daughters here will say, if you are looking for a wife or a husband, you will find yourself. But in this case, Abraham wanted to find for his son. And he gave his servant instructions, and the servant said, what if the woman does not want to follow me? Let's go to verse 8 very quickly. Can I have verse 8? Genesis 24. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, go back to verse 5. The servant said, perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to the land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Abraham said, see to it that you don't do that. Verse 7. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred? Who spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring, I will give you this land. He will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son from there. He will do what? The God who took me from my father's house, who made promises to me. He will send an angel before you. The God who has given a foreword concerning me. Prophecies have gone ahead about me. That God will do what? Send an angel. You know, we talked about nurturing prophecy into manifestation. Abraham was nurturing the prophecy of God in his life into manifestation. He said the angel of God will go before you. What he was also saying was a prophetic word to his servants. 
Because by the time his servants got there, got to the land of um, Mesopotamia, in, to Nahor in Mesopotamia, he was at the well. And he had already prayed. When he got there, he prayed. He said, let the woman who you have chosen to be the wife of my master's son, let when I ask her for water, please let her give it to me. And when I ask her to water the camels, let her also oblige. He prayed. Because he believed that the Lord would send an angel ahead of him, as his master had said, as his master has prophesied. And so, you can see not one, not two, but various acts of obedience beginning to come into play. And when he got there, he found this beautiful young lady and said, may I have some water? And after she gave him water, may my camels have water? And joyfully, gladly, she obliged him. The Bible says that he just stood back and watched her and wondered in his heart, is this the answer to my prayer? You have to be vigilant. Amen? You have to be, when you pray, you have to be watchful. You have to pay attention. Many times we are looking for God in the big things. When we said today it's going to be supernatural, I'm sure you thought when you come here, there will be smoke, there will be thunder, there will be earthquake, you know. But it's in the still, small, quiet things that the presence of God manifests. When Abraham was going to receive his miracle, the Bible says that he was sitting in the front of his tent and three men walked by. There were no trumpets. There was no smoke. There was no fire. There was no earthquake. Three men were just walking by as if on a journey. And he invited them in and they came in. And he said to them, can I give you something to drink? Can I give you something to eat? They were ordinary looking people, but it was God. God was there. And at the end of that encounter, the Lord said to Abraham, he said, this time next year. He said it quietly. He didn't shout. He didn't lay hands. He didn't pour a gallon of oil. He said, this time next year, your wife will have a child. It's not in the, it's not in the drama. It's not the drama that brings the miracle. It's the power that backs the word of God. No matter how quietly spoken, when the power of God is in it, it begins to work. And it's working now. It's working. The Lord is touching some people right now. Situations are being touched right now. <laughs> Surgeries are being performed in wombs right now. Not just one, but a pattern of obedience. One act of obedience after another releases God's will. Incidents, circumstances, situations, events, happenings, they all work together to bring miracles in place. 
the right soil, the right season, the right seed, the right method. This is the season of miracles. This is the right soil. When you come to this church, this is the right soil. The word you are hearing is the word of God. It's the right seed. And the right method you will only know when God gives you instructions and says, do it this way, do it this way, do it, and you follow. When you pray, you need to expect. Your prayer is an investment. So when you pray, you have to do your due diligence and monitor your prayer. Unattended prayer is unmonitored investment and the devil will waste it if you don't secure it. I remember um, many years ago, I had some, I was putting some money in um, a retirement uh, account. And then the economy went south. You remember that time? 2000 and was it 2008? 2009. Eight. So every day I would look at, I was monitoring. I would go and look at my, uh, my whatever, my investment. I, the thing was just going down like that. At a point it was like 25% gone. I'm like, what? I called them. I said, I want to cash out my whatever. You will pay penalty. I said, let me pay. At the point of the day, I'm not going to have a dime in this place. I took it out. I was monitoring my investments. Anyway, I think it's finished. It ended with apple pie and ice cream. <laughs> I was being vigilant. I was watching my investments. The only problem was I did not have the wisdom to do the right thing with the investment and look for something else that, you know. And sometimes they tell you that when it's going down, don't cash out because it will go back up. I'm not sure about that. If it goes down, <laughs> if it goes down, 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 you know, I don't know about that. But I'm not a financial expert. Your prayer is an investment. You have to monitor it. You have to do your due diligence. If you do not attend to your prayer and monitor your prayer, the devil will waste it because it is not secured. So it's not just about praying, 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 praying. This prayer meeting, you go. That prayer meeting, you go. The prayer you are praying, are you monitoring the prayer? Pray and guard your prayer. Secure your prayer from external aggressors and internal violators. The devil is on the outside <laughs> trying to waste your prayer. Your tongue is on the inside. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. I shared with them in Walnut. Yesterday at Pastor Joe's um, birthday, I don't know what happened. We had blessed the food, you know, the fast started yesterday, and the pastors were sitting, they didn't want to eat. I said, okay, let me bless this food. All of us, let's break our fast together. As I ate the food, I said to my husband, I said, my tooth just cracked. Immediately the word came out of my mouth. The Holy Spirit rebuked me. How would you say your tooth just cracked? 
how? Why would you say a thing like that? Even if he did, why would you say a thing like that? I said to myself, and it, I became really bothered that why would I say a thing like that? How? You know, I, I was the one who blessed the food. I said, Lord, thank you for this food. I said, as we all eat, let it bring nourishment, let it bring healing. If I'm asking God that food will bring healing, the food will now crack my tooth and I will now need to go to a dentist. I said, Lord, so what do I do now? He said, you have to retract what you said. When you pray, you have to monitor your prayer. Because if the Holy Spirit had not rebuked me, if I had not caught myself yesterday, Maybe not only one tooth will have cracked. Maybe by now this morning I will need jaw surgery. Because there is, a, there is an aggressor on the outside. Who wants to waste your prayer. And there is a violator on your inside, your tongue, that you must control. It will waste your prayer. You have to pray and guard your prayer. Remember, it's a string of obedience. Whenever you do something wrong, the Holy Spirit will rebuke you. You have to repent immediately. You have to pray and you have to expect. Your prayer, as I said, is an investment. You must do your due diligence by monitoring it. And every time you leave your prayer unattended, the devil will try to waste it. He's the aggressor on the outside. And you have to watch your tongue because your tongue is the violator on the inside. Many years ago, there was a little boy He in school, and they were playing. You know how children are playing? And one said, I'm going to stick a, I want to put a pencil in your eye. And he said, you can't, you can't. I'm going to put a pencil in your eye. I double dare you. I double, phew. Do you know the other little boy stuck the pencil in his eye? That child lost that eye. If somebody is saying, I'm going to beat you up, I'm going to blow your brains out, I'm going to, don't double dare them. <laughs> don't double dare them because you may not live to tell the story. If they say, ah, take off your shoes, <laughs> flee every appearance. It didn't say flee every evil. Is the appearance of it. Flee. God, well, God loves it when we double dare him. When we say to God, no human being can do it. Nobody has solution for it. Science cannot do it. Lord, but you can do it. When you double dare him, he loves it. In Psalm 78 verse 19, I think it was, he said, they said I couldn't set a table before them in the wilderness. Israel said so. They can, can he feed us in the wilderness? Were they hungry in the wilderness? He said they said he, he can't do it. When you say to God, Lord, nobody can do it, but you can do it. He loves that. They spoke against God. He said, can God spread the table in the wilderness? 
He's, he's God. He's no man. It's nothing he cannot do. Nothing God cannot do. Nothing. He is God. All by himself. Doesn't need your help. And all his works will praise his name. On earth, in the sky, and in the sea. Everything will praise his name because he is God. And there is nothing he cannot do. There is nothing in your life he cannot fix. You are part of the nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing. It's, the only thing God is looking for is your obedience. Only your obedience. And it's not one act of obedience. It's many acts of obedience. The women who wear beads. You see those beads? They put them one after the other, one after the other. If I want to wear beads now, if they put like four small pearls of pearls, will it form a necklace? It's, it's many, many pearls. They set them. They set them. And after a while, it's long enough to encircle your neck. And they put a clasp. And you are wearing a necklace of beads. When you wear a necklace of obedience, your miracle happens. Because every bead, every, every act of obedience is another bead you are adding. You continue to add it, to continue to add it, until you have a full neck of beads, and then your miracle manifests. Don't be impatient. God is working. You do your little bits. You cannot cherry pick what things you will be obedient in. You can't cherry pick with God. Every small thing he tells you to do, you do it. Many years ago when we, were, when we wanted to buy a home, computers were still not what everybody had in their home then. One evening, the Lord said, get on your computer. I got on it. He said, go to that website. I went to it. He said, look at that. So I scrolled. He said, that house. I said, it's in the wrong, it's in the wrong zip code. I don't want to live here. Look at it. One act of obedience led to another act of obedience. You will not believe. That's the one we live in till today. Nobody laid hands on me. Nobody poured oil on me. Quietly in my house. One instruction after another. One instruction after another. I called a relator. He said, call, I said, I called the relator. I said, this thing is, I said, can we go and see? That was how God settled us. You don't know how God will work it out. When you obey God, when you do not cherry pick God, when you do not say this is the one I will do, that one I will not do. When you are obedient in everything, step by step, God will lead you. And by the time you see everything, you are holding a miracle. 
Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, has not entered in what God is about to do. All God is asking us for is obedience. It takes the humble to be obedient. It takes the trust, trusting person who has faith to be obedient. Obedience. Watch for God incidents. If you are under the sound of my voice this morning, I have good news for you because help is on the way for you. Help is on the way. The Bible says a man came and fell at the feet of Jesus. He had leprosy. He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus said, I will. I am willing. Be thou clean. Help is on the way. Another one said, Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on me. Have compassion. If you are here under the sound of my voice and you are saying, I, I believe, Lord. I want to believe. I believe, but help my own belief. Because sometimes we think we need big faith to receive from God. God wants to bless you more than you want him to bless you. God wants it to be simple for you. God is not asking you for anything big. He's not asking, he's not asking you for any big faith. He wants to help you. It's his delight to bless you. It's his delight to give you the miracles you are asking for. I believe. Help my unbelief. And he helps that man. God will help you today. Those areas that you think you do not have enough faith, God is going to help you today. He's not going to hold it against you. God is, help is on the way. Is on the way. Help is on the way. You don't need to hear thunder. You don't need to see lightning. Miracles are happening right now. Rise up on your feet. The Word is already working in you. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more messages and information about the church, please visit us at www.rccglivingspring.org.